All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. They're coming to get you, Barbara. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Here's Johnny. Vanity. Definitely my favorite city. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. The power of Christ compels you! This is my boomstick! What's your favorite scary movie? What up, horror heads, and welcome to Shiver, a horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Labona, and you will notice that on the screen with me, if you are watching live, or if you're listening, you're not being lulled by the sweet, dulcet tones of Dave's voice. Dave is actually out of the country right now. Uh, I'm not going to tell you where. I'm going to let him keep his secret agent vibe. So I've gone out, and I have recruited longtime friend of the show, very good friend of mine, Nick Hardy. Nick, how are you, man? I'm doing outstanding. Also, been looking at Dave's pictures online on Facebook. Outstanding. For oh, dude, pictures. he's he's so freaking proud of that new camera, man. He, I mean, he's, <laughs> he's great with it. Like, I'm one of those people where I could use my phone. I could use the best camera in the world. Probably going to look the same. But yeah. he knows what he's doing. And, uh, yeah, he's taking some great pictures. Um, to anybody who has been listening or watching, uh, I missed out last week. I had no internet for about half of the week last week. So I actually have still not even seen Megan. But um, if you are listening now or watching now and you missed that one, you can go back and you can hear Dave and Ish go over Megan last week. But this week, Nick and I decided to go for something just a little bit more fun. Uh, because let's face it, without Dave here, we're not deep diving, you know, uh, allegorical trends to be found in the <laughs> horror movie. So we decided to watch something we could have a little bit of fun with. And this week we are doing the movie Hellfest, a little uh, a little flick that came out in 2018, kind of flew under the radar. I didn't hear about it until pretty recently, actually. It started popping up on some of those it, good horror movies you haven't seen list. So I was like, all right, yeah, let's check this out. So we both decided to try to do see something we haven't seen yet. And so we started, we went with Hellfest. And so, I mean, we're going to get to it. Let's talk Hellfest. So in our first section, which we're calling Come One, Come All, we want to acknowledge the fact that Hellfest is a throwback. It's a, it's a slasher. It's very reminiscent of movies that have come out in the past. It's chaotic from the jump. I mean, from the very first moment of this movie, you are just engrossed in this idea of horrible things happening within a haunted house. And then it goes forward from there. So the question that we've got to start with, like we always do, is, I mean, is this movie scary? And, and or was it fun to watch, Nick? Uh, well, it was a lot of fun to watch. Um, and it's it's got a, it's got its moments of, of scary. I mean, it's a haunted house, so there's a bunch of jump scares in there. Most of them I expected. Right. Um, but the fact that you have just a random guy who looks like he's part of the cast of a haunted house following you through and then uh, just killing people for <laughs> real. Yeah. And, you know, some of it seems like it's part of the show. Some of it's there, there's the one the, the guy's like, oh, this is real. And then everybody starts running. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it, it's it's a pretty, I mean, some of it, some of it got me um, for sure. 
Yeah, this is a movie uh, where is it is it scary? It's not scary in the way that like Smile was scary. It's not scary yeah. in in the way that some of these things that really screw with your head are scary. But does it have scary moments? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's some legitimate jump scares in here, and you're right. A lot of them you see coming because we've all been to a haunted house. We've all been through these things before. So a lot of these jump scares you see coming, but some of them do kind of come out of nowhere. And so I wouldn't say that as a whole, the movie is scary. I would say that it is definitely a fun to watch movie that has a handful of jump scares. What's interesting about the, the fear factor involved in this movie is the fact that so many of the jump scares are throwaway kind of just little garbage jump scares like yeah. you would see in a haunted house that you have to be in that moment for them to be scary. It's really funny to watch video of somebody walk through a haunted house or a movie like this where a haunted house is uh, is a main theme because when you're not engrossed in the tension that's involved in walking through a haunted house, so many of these things aren't scary. So yeah. many of these things, when you are just watching them on film, it's like, who would be scared of that? Obviously, that's just a rubber dog. Or, of course, that skeleton moved. And so there, there's a fun element to that because you get kind of lulled to sleep by all of these. Not in a bad way. Just lulled into comfort. Let me say that. Not lulled into sleep. You get lulled into comfort by thinking that you're going to know everything that's coming because you've been through a haunted house and you're looking at all of these things. And then they get you with a couple of really good things uh, that, that do make you jump. So as a whole, is it scary? Nah. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely fun though. And, oh, and yeah. gave me those, those throwback like slasher vibes because I mean, this movie just jumps into it. There's no exposition here. We get little to no background on anyone in this movie. They're just like, look, this person got killed in a haunted house. Now, look, here's some teenagers that are going to go get drunk at a haunted house. And you're like, all right, cool. Like, let's go. I mean, that, that's all you need. I don't I don't need a story yeah. as to the long history of this this Hellfest, this carnival of multiple haunted houses and mazes and rides and stuff like that. Yeah, just throw me into it and and try to scare me. And they do a good job with that. So I'll give them that. It's, you know, it's one thing kind of leading into another. You, yeah, you look at some of the stuff and you go, ah, saw that coming. But they did show some creativity. They did show some ideas of how to scare you. And one of the main criticisms I saw reading about this movie was that it, is that it, that it wasn't scary and that so many of these things were predictable. But I think that that was on purpose. Yeah. Because, like I said, I think that if you if you give people this false sense of security of knowing everything that's going to happen, it makes those moments that actually do scare you hit even harder. So I'll give them credit for that. Well, it's a haunted house movie, right? right. So they have um, haunted, all haunted houses have cheesy scares, jump scares, right. everything, and you expect that. So they they really really nailed the haunted house aspect of this movie. I, in my opinion, and um, one of my favorite montages was at the beginning of the movie. Uh, after the we meet the the main group of antagonists, they are 
they're going through the haunted house and you see um all the jump scares and stuff coming out and them reacting and i wondered i was like i wonder if they just set up this haunted house because there's no audio and stuff it's just the video oh, yeah, running yeah. Through. and i was like i wonder if they set up this haunted house didn't tell them what to expect and then just had them go through and just scared the crap out of them in real life just I, to get I, really good footage because some of those reactions that they were getting to the jump scares in that haunted house section seemed pretty legit to me yeah i would i didn't think about it in the moment but looking back on it i think that's a really good point i i'm willing to bet that for for some of that stuff they didn't know all of the gags that were going to happen because yeah. one thing that does shine through as you watch this movie is how legitimately frightened all of these kids are in some of these super cheesy moments. Yeah. And like I said, and you can't, you can't just capture that on film. Now, granted, I'm not an actor. There are people yeah. who are much better. There are, I'm, I'm sure Tom Hanks could make it look like anything scared him. Right. That's what the man does for a living. Yeah. He made but, fire. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's that, that's a good point because yeah, they just do that montage of like music playing and they're kind of jumping on each other and ba and like the smash into corners. And like at one point, one of the kids runs off and that's yeah. all the type of stuff that you see happen in a haunt in a real haunted house. And so that's that's a really good point. I like that. So as we as we talk about the the montages, uh, let's get into kind of what happened in this movie, what it's all about. So a night of fright, frights and freaks is what we're calling this section. And when we look at this movie, it's a killer gets loose in a place where acting like a killer is socially acceptable. I mean, take from that what you will, right? I mean, Hellfest presents us with something new but it still feels familiar. And so, you know, does, does that make for a good movie? Does it do anything to elevate the slasher? Does it just kind of give us more of the same? And how does it deliver on those things? I think you should go first. I will go first. So I think that to, to answer one of those questions, I don't think this movie does anything to elevate the, the slasher genre, the, the haunted house movie. There's, there's nothing, there's nothing about this that, that screams, you know, Ari Aster or Mike Flanagan or anything like that. So many of those people that we, that we just simp over on this podcast. But I think that's okay. Because I think that what they wanted to do here was just create a fun movie with, with some scares. So essentially what we get from this movie is there's this thing called Hellfest. It's a traveling carnival. And instead of having just carnival rides, it has various and a sundry mazes and haunted houses. They just keep calling them mazes, 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 mazes. Um, they have some, you know, they have some really fun names like Deformed School, uh, the Badlands, some really generic ones like Zombie Maze, but um, or just Hell. One of them is just called yeah. Hell. But and so these kids get VIP passes, and so they get to go. And we immediately kind of learn that. Two of these girls are best friends, but they're they don't spend a lot of time together anymore. There's another girl in the mix. There's some boys. It's three boys and three girls, right? And they're just going to have a good time. Two established couples and one one couple that wants to get together but hasn't yet. So as they get in, we're immediately confronted with somebody that we saw at the beginning in uh in a guy who just uses this concept as a way to kill people just out in the open. And then for the rest of the movie, they're on the run from him. But his introduction as a character, 
I think is one of the best moments in this movie. And one of the most genuinely scary ones is when they're in the deformed school maze and the girl like falls into the room and she's screaming yes. and crying. He's coming. He's after me. You've got to do something. And she tries to hide. And then the guy that we know to be the real killer, but they think to just be an actor, mm -hmm. um, murders her right in front of some of these kids. And you get this really horrifying moment of being in it, it, you're being in an environment where you could watch somebody murdered right in front of your eyes and not realize how scary that is. Yeah. And uh, so as they move on, we just get this guy pulling the, the Michael Myers completely stoic, silent stalking of this crew. And you, you you never really know if he just wants to get at all of them, if he's just really obsessed with the, the one main character girl, um, Natalie. You never really get a feel for exactly why. But again, that's okay. Because, I mean, if we really look at the horror of the, 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 the history of the slasher film, every time we start devoting time to why these guys are doing this stuff, <laughs> shit falls apart. It, yeah. It's so quick to 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 try to throw some sort of motive on these killers and then it not stick. And you're just you've just got them now all of a sudden you're not empathetic for them, but you also don't care. What they gave us was a voiceless, faceless killer who was just doing this for as far as we know, because it was he thought it was a good time. You get some fun scares in these different haunted houses. And I think it's just, I think it was a fun setup. And you're, you watch them, they're, they're doing the shots out of the syringes. There's beer carts everywhere. I mean, this is obviously something that's set up to get out with your friends and, and have a good time like this. And unfortunately, it didn't work out well for them or the girl that gets hung from the rafters in the very beginning. Yeah. But I, I think that when this all breaks down, you look at everything and you just go, man, um, this guy, uh, Gregory Plotkin, was the director of this movie, and this guy just wanted something fun. I don't think he was ever searching for anything deeper. I don't think that he was trying to necessarily, you know, create something that people were going to talk about. And that's something that's, you know, that's okay. Like, I I'm fine with that. Like, we're going to talk about it now, and am I going to bring this movie up? Nah, probably not until next Halloween because this would be a great party movie. There's no plot to follow. You don't have to hear anything anybody says to understand it. This is a great party movie. And this is the type of movie where the people who really do just enjoy the genre can probably really like this for what it is. But people who are just trying to piss themselves because they're scared all the time are probably not going to appreciate this movie. Yeah, I think... Uh... I think it does one good thing for the slasher and that's this guy. You don't know who he is. Nameless, faceless. Yeah. The only thing you know is his hair color and then he wears a pair of steel toe boots. He's got because boots though. He obviously changes his mask every time he does this and he's done right. it a bunch of times. Yes. So I think that's the best thing that it does for the slasher because in every other slasher movie, you find out who it is at the end. Right. Yeah, um, you this guy never gets unmasked in a way that we see. We never see his face. Yeah. And that 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 was one of the 
the scariest parts of the movie to me because I was like, all right, we're going to finally figure out who this guy is. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, that that's the best part of the movie as far as what they did for the slasher. Yeah. I mean, when you look at the ending of this movie and the guy goes home and it's all camera always behind him. So we never see his face. We see him take the mask off, lock it away with a lot of other masks. So he's ready for whatever haunted house he may end up in. I think that what they're alluding to there is that he's done it that many times. Yeah. Because some of those masks have blood on them and stuff. Yeah. And so, first off, when he pulls up to his house, this is obviously just a suburban home. It's not mm-hmm. like this guy lives in a trailer in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and you you see him put the mask up, and then he just walks in, and he's he's humming his little pop goes the weasel, and there's a girl on yeah. the couch. And you're like, oh, my God, what's he going to do to this girl? He's not going to do anything because this dude is just a dad who he's is a, a psychopath. Guy. Yeah, which is scarier. Then finding out he's just some crazy guy who lives in a trailer and does this because voices talk to him, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, this isn't some guy who is just completely off his rocker, and this is how he soothes his bloodlust. This yeah. is a guy that, um, which is referenced uh, really early in the movie by Taylor when she says something. Um, she says, like, oh, no, killers walk among us. They're just like us. It could be any of us. Oh, yeah. And then they drive that home at the end where it's like, this guy drives a minivan, lives in a neighborhood, and seems to have a pretty well-functioning daughter. She's just asleep on the couch watching TV late at night. Like, probably okay. scary movies. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you know, and so it is. There is something absolutely terrifying about the fact that not only is he faceless and voiceless and nameless, but that the only thing we do know about him is that when he's not killing people in haunted houses, he's apparently a normal guy. Yeah, just a regular dude. Like skinny Peter Griffin. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly like skinny Peter Griffin. And so I I think that when you kind of go through this, I think that I I really just keep falling back on the idea that this movie was made to be something that was, that was just fun. You were going to yeah. watch this with friends. You were going to do exactly what the friends in the movie are doing. You're going to watch this movie. You're going to have a couple beers. You're going to have a good laugh. You're going to have some laughs. You're going to make fun of each other for, for jumping at stupid stuff. Yeah. And I think that that encompasses the haunted house feel more than anything. You didn't take it and then fill it with real ghosts and make it some supernatural thing as to why this haunted house was scarier than any of the others. What you did was you took the idea of the haunted house and you elevated it. And you said, what if, what if there was a haunted house that was so damn good? That was just so freakishly good that somebody could get loose in there and kill people for real. And that's really scary, right? Because mm-hmm. now you've always got that. I, I I love a good haunted house, but you've always got that one guy who's like, oh yeah, you know, and he's just like talking to all the actors and and stuff like that. And oh, nothing scares me. It's like that's the guy that needs to understand that there could be a real killer in here. Like that guy mm-hmm. needs to watch this movie and 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 find some peace with the fact that this might not go the way he wants it to. Yeah. Especially for a place like Hellfest, where there's 
it looked like there was thousands of people there. Oh yeah, that it was place like an amusement was park. Absolutely massive. And uh, yeah, I, I just I can't even fathom a haunted house that big. Right in, in my head, I've never even seen anything that big. Like I can't like it. It almost had like a just. It had a Six Flags feel just with everything mm-hmm. being horror themed, which is even more impressive considering they said it was like a traveling thing. That's, like these, yes. they pack all of this up. That's crazy. And then they find another big field somewhere to set up <laughs> these 700 mazes that they got. Yeah. When when you have to get all the way across the park and then take a ride just to get to a maze that takes you to a maze because they had to take that um, what bumps in the night ride just to get to the deadlands mm-hmm. and you had to go through the deadlands to get to hell. Yeah. Obviously you need a lot of space for this. Uh, so I, I, as, as we're talking the haunted house, I want to get into our carnival of chaos section and I want to do two different things with this one. I just want to acknowledge the fact that I think it goes without saying that if a carnival like Hellfest actually existed minus the mass murder, anyone and everyone yeah. involved in this podcast would want to be there. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, the the first question is, what makes this setting fun to watch? And, I mean, is there any of this that you wish you had seen in a real haunted house? Well, I definitely don't like the part where they can touch you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, that, you know, I think that would make me want to go to it, though. Right. Actually, being really terrified because uh, I, I mean, I, I get scared, jump scares. I'm a sissy in that way. If I go to a haunted house, I'm terrified the whole time. <laughs> okay, uh, fair. But you know, that's that's the fun of it. I think uh, you got to be scared. People like yeah. to be scared. Uh, but I I don't even know. Is there a field big enough anywhere that you know of that can set up this place? No, right. I mean, like, <laughs> you've got to think that if something like this existed for in in real life, it would just be a standing amusement park. Like, there, there's no yeah. way that something this size is actually traveling. But I think that I think that when you're looking at the idea of what makes this a fun setting, I think it goes back to what I said at the beginning. Um, about how everything's supposed to be scary. There's mm-hmm. a uh, there's a saying that uh, that I've learned in literature classes and stuff like that. I'm sure Dave's going to listen and tell me that I massacred this. But when you're when you're reading stories or you're you're watching movies or something like that, you run you run across this concept of if everyone's a hero, then no one's a hero, right? And so I think that you kind of get the the other side of that coin in something like Hellfest, which is if everything's scary. Nothing is scary. Mm-hmm. And so you you do kind of get overloaded with it, but they do a good job of it seemed like they really just kind of employed some some skilled actors from haunted houses to get out there. And it was like they told the actors like they're blocking and what they were shooting, but they didn't tell them everything that would be going on around Mm -hmm. them. Like you said, when they were going through the house at the beginning, I did get the feel a couple of those times when, when they were out in the open that some of these, like these guys on stilts and these people in these crazy costumes that maybe they didn't fully rehearse with all of that. And some of that really was just these guys kind of running out and trying to scare them and get some of those natural reactions which you get some of that really uncomfortable laughter 
uh, in the conversations mm-hmm. when they're in the middle of something and they're trying to laugh like they didn't just get scared. You do yeah. get a lot of that. And so I think that they that one of the reasons that this setting becomes so much fun is because they're constantly berating us with all of this scary stuff to the point that we're just thinking nothing's going to scare us. And then when something happens, you get that much of a rush. Yeah. And they, they, I will, you know, and like I said, very little exposition here, but everything they said, we needed to know, we get that great little uh, talk from Taylor. Who's, who's talking about how, being afraid is an aphrodisiac because you get scared and your lizard brain activates and all you want (laughs) to do is reproduce, right? Like, that's great. Yeah. Go ahead and throw it out there. Why people love to go on haunted houses for dates and, and we're good now. And now we're, now we're back in position to just get scared. So I think that this setting works because it's just, it's you're, you're constantly watching everything. It's just like when you're in a haunted house, there's a moment where, uh, the dude is explaining to Natalie, he's like, you got to look at the hands. If you look at the hands, you'll know where the scares are coming. And they say oh, that yeah, early yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so now the entire rest of the time you're watching the movie, your eyes are darting all over the screen. Like, where's the next weird costumed freak going to pop out from? What is this gag? Because it ain't going to get me. Yep. And you, you, become, you, you, you become so obsessed with watching everything that you're kind of seeing nothing, right? You're you're seeing everything and trying not to be scared of all of it at one time that it's real easy for something to come out at you. And that's the haunted house experience. You're always on edge and you're trying to take it all in and there's gonna be something you miss. And not only are you gonna be scared, but then you're gonna be pissed at yourself for missing that one door. And again, something they explore in this movie when... Uh, when Natalie, her name was Natalie, right? Yeah, Natalie. Yeah, Natalie. When, when Natalie starts pointing out like where the gags are going to happen, boom, in this door, out that door. Like she's figured out the algorithm of it. And yeah. so she feels more comfortable until the girl actually runs in and gets stabbed. And yep. again, it's it's that it's that moment that is that is real that comes through and scares. So I think that that makes this a really fun setting for a movie like this. Yeah. So you said, uh, you know, she made this speech about uh, getting scared as an aphrodisiac or whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, Brooke is making out with her boyfriend on the little roller coaster ride (laughs) and they get scared and he's like, well, there goes that mood. So he kind (laughs) of contradicts that. Yeah. 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 I guess, I guess, I guess if you're not in the mood and you get scared now, you will be, but if you already are, it kind of takes you out of it. Yeah, Um, maybe. But so I do, so as we're talking about this setting, um, you know, there, there are some great things here that, that, I would, uh, that I would like to see in a real haunted house. I love that idea of like the children of the corn with the, with oh, the yeah. sacks on their heads, just kind of walking out through the mist and silently grabbing your hand to guide you to the next part. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have never been to one of those haunted houses that are like super extreme where you have to sign waivers and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. But I will say um, haunted houses have got a little bit more lax with uh, how, whether or not they're allowed to touch you. So I do, I do want to do something here. We don't always do on this show, but I mean, this is, it's a slasher, but it's also a haunted house movie. And so I want to take a minute, like, are uh, you say you're a scaredy cat, 
But I mean, yeah. is, is do you are there any memorable moments for you going through a haunted house or or a you know scared haunted corn maze, anything like that that you might find around Halloween time? Um, well, my very first haunted house was when I was in second grade, I think, and that I, I went to this elementary school. It was a small elementary school that doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> and uh, they had a main like little little schoolhouse that had classes in it for like uh, fourth and fifth grade. Right. And then first, second and third grade were all in these trailers. Well, they took one of the trailers and turned it into a haunted house that kids could walk through. Nice. And uh, yeah, that almost ruined me for life. Um <laughs> And it wasn't even that scary. I was just a child. Right. It never is in hindsight, right? Yeah. And then I, uh, it, I haven't really been through that many haunted houses in my life. Oh, man. See, I am uh, I am, I am, am a haunted house fanatic. Um, I spend every, every Friday in October, I try to spend in a haunted house. We are fortunate here uh, in, in Tuscaloosa to be... Not that far from a couple of really good ones. Uh, uh, Tuscaloosa has just started their own recently, the Horror Tuscaloosa. I went to that one last year. Um, it was good. You could just tell it was still, it's only its second year. So you could tell they're still working on their budgets and their set pieces and stuff like that. Uh, we you, we have Atrox Factory up in Leeds, which is established. I think it's, I think it's square footage wise, I think it's the biggest haunted house in the Southeast. Uh, we used to have Sloss Fright Furnace. And Sloss Frights Furnace oh, yeah, was yeah. dope just because of the setting. Like like to uh, uh to to take and build a haunted house in an area that locally is covered in ghost stories and real life stories of people dying there because it was like a smelting place, right? I yep. mean people legitimately died there. Uh there used to be a show on MTV called Fear where they would mm-hmm. um, take people and send them to haunted places and make them do challenges. And whoever made it through so many nights there got to split, you know, 10 grand or whatever. Yeah. And they did an episode at Sloss Furnace um, right here in Birmingham because it really is full of its own ghost stories. So that's always fun. Uh, but, you know, the, the most recent ones are always the ones that stick. Oh, uh, Bessemer's got one called Warehouse 31 that is mm-hmm. spectacular. And, uh, and they, they serve beer. Which makes it that much better. Um, but some moments. I would wind up spilling my beer. Oh, I don't think you're allowed to take it in. Like you oh, hang okay. out in like the carnival area and have yeah. a couple beers, and then you get All called. Right. Uh, but you know the, the. I just I love them. I love going with people who love them. I love going with people who hate them. I love going to a haunted house with anybody that will let me drag them. Um, this past year, I went with uh, our friends, Mikey and Lindley. We went up to Atrox Factory mm-hmm. um, in Leeds, Alabama. And like I said, getting a little lax on the uh, the actors can't touch you thing. While they don't hurt you, um, a decrepit old lady at one point did hook my arm and walk down a hallway with me while I whispering something in my ear. I don't know. I was terrified. Uh, yeah, because she was right there. If she said actual <laughs> human English words, I did not understand. Them. But the one of the best moments was not even. It's one of those things that they can't perfectly plan for, but it just worked out really well for us. I was standing past where I thought the main gag was, and I had turned around to make fun of Mikey and Lindley for being stuck um, because Lindley had completely frozen and was blocking. <laughs> The doorway and Mikey's behind her 
And, uh, and so I turn around to kind of mock them and I'm in the middle of mocking them. And it turns out like the bridge thing I'm standing on is on like a hydraulic thing. And it just like breaks underneath me and oh, I just shoot. ass over tea kettle. I just completely fall <laughs> because they didn't expect you to be standing still right there. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was supposed to just like shake a little bit, but it like bowed just enough while I was not in the process of keeping my balance. Like I said, I'm, I'm just mocking my friends mercilessly for being stuck and I'm just rolling down this hill. <laughs> um, and so, you know, and it's one of those things where in the, mo like, and you just got to laugh at it because it scared the shit out of me. And then I was embarrassed. Um, but it was, but it was just, it was just funny and it was something new and it hadn't happened to me before. Yeah. Um, but I love haunted houses so much that at my school's fall festival, we used to dedicate, um, an extra classroom or two or a portable, like you were talking about one of those trailers out there back when we still had them and we would build haunted houses and me and a handful of teachers and some parents and stuff would spend hours upon hours the weeks leading up to our fall festival to to building this, this haunted house and we would hang the big black sheeting to make hallways and stuff and mm -hmm. like you said it's funny what you can do that will scare the shit out of a seven-year-old <laughs> it doesn't take much it does not i mean they're scared to just get in there like they're they're just scared of the fact that the people are talking to them and they're in what it was a room that they knew what it was the day before right we would we would do all sorts of fun stuff we'd make the food that felt like brains and intestines yeah. and stuff like that but my absolute favorite thing to do would be on the way out i would slowly i would very slowly taper the plastic sheeting until you the last tunnel was you had to be single file line and it was still going to brush your shoulders like as adults went through they would push it out because i brought it in enough that it would brush in on the kids and yeah. i would just get that section pitch black like the I hands would, room except for yeah like the hands room except i didn't even have to do anything man that was the genius of that moment <laughs> the genius of of tapering that hallway to next to nothing is the overthinking that is human nature that that goes into this movie this idea of you're so on edge always waiting for something to happen that your own brain can make absolutely nothing scary yeah. And so I think that that's something that they kind of explored a little bit in that um, in that night bumps ride where mm -hmm. until something legitimately horrifying happened to Natalie, I'm sorry, but if I'm on some sort of haunted house ride and the dude makes it all the way up to the bar and just like perches on it, staring at me. Yeah, that's my, my heart rate's going to get up. Like that I'm, was terrifying <laughs> when when that car pulls out of the tunnel and as far as we know because before this moment we've never seen anybody else in that mask mm -hmm. as far as we know it's the actual killer just sitting there i was like oh man i was so ready for natalie to be final girl and she just got off and the, the wheels yeah. are about to come off and then you find out that this dude knew the haunted house well enough to get a mask that matched some of the people in it that was genius that was smart. And it was a really scary moment where honestly nothing happened to Natalie. And that moment in the haunted houses that I would build, 
that was what I did for those kids. Everybody would always talk about how scary that part was. And all the kids always have all these stories of all the weird things that happened to them when they hit the dark tunnel, right? Oh, and I felt this and I felt that, except they didn't. Like I was very explicit to everyone who worked in the haunted house that you don't mess with that part. Let them mm -hmm. be afraid of nothing and then see what they say they were afraid of, which is equally funny, especially when you're talking about little kids. Cause all of them, there was something in there that scared them, but all it was, was it was lizard brain, right? It's, it's that mm -hmm. primal part of your brain that says everything here is terrifying. If I'm in the pitch black, something really scary is bound to happen. And so nothing would happen or there'd be a sound from somewhere across the haunted house. that was actually a gag for the next group coming through. But yeah. when you're in pitch black, when everything is, when, when, when everything is so overwhelming and you get so overloaded and then it's just shut down like that, man, that's scary. And the walls are closing in. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, I love, I love in this movie, some of just the really classic haunted house things they do. The clown that runs by and slides with like the spark thing on his fingers. Yeah. I love those guys. Give me all those guys in the world. If I'm in line at a haunted house, I want at least one crazy person to slide past me. Sparks flying. I love it every time. <laughs> you know, there, there's all these things that are just, that are classics for a reason. The chainsaw with no chain on it. Right. Cause the sound of a chainsaw is all it takes to scare you. You don't need the, you don't need the chain to be there. You hear that thing revving, you're dead. Yeah. And and they brought all of that <laughs> stuff into this movie, including the fact that they were getting super scared by ridiculously corny and cheesy plastic things. Mm -hmm. And I just I think that when I finished this movie, I was more impressed. Yeah, I keep calling it a slasher, but you were right to say it's a haunted house movie, but not a haunted house movie in the way that, you know, house on uh, house on haunted, uh, haunting of Hill House or house on. Haunted yeah, Hill. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not a haunted house in that movie. It's the idea of taking the actual carnival haunted house and having some fun with it. And no, this isn't a new concept. You know, there are there are movies out there that have done this before. But I think that, that that is where the setting of this, I think, is where this movie elevates. I'm not going to say it turns it into fine cinema, but I'm going to say that they, they explored it and they had fun with it. They made it nostalgic while keeping it fresh, slasher and haunted housewise. And I respected that. Yep. And then uh, one thing I don't get is you're in the group of people. Somebody takes something. You go chase them down by yourself. That blew my mind when Brooke chased down the dude for the pictures. Dude, I it 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 is it is true of haunted houses. It is true of going to music festivals. It is true of going to protests. Never leave the group. Yeah. Just never leave the group. If there are that many people around and there's 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 you know legitimate reasons to to worry about people's safety. You know, and, and in all of these situations, yeah, there's reasons to worry. Like I said, I fell in a haunted house and it's an established one, you know, um, mm -hmm. in all of these situations, you always have to have a, a modicum of understanding that you could get hurt. So, yeah, just just don't leave the group, man. Yep. Poor, <laughs> poor Gavin. Poor Gavin. Oh, my goodness. He just he just he just wanted to win a stuffed animal. Yeah. And he was awful at it. Even Got tried it. to just just buy one. 
Talk about the <laughs> the absolute worst at everything. He was throwing those. He was throwing those balls at the beginning. I was like, this dude is either very terrible at throwing or he's just a terrible actor. This is absolutely awful. Foggy. He is. Oh, okay. Well, he is throwing these terribly. To oh, everybody who's listening, I was just full blown assaulted <laughs> by my dog. We have a we have a new puppy in this house and. I don't know if microphone caught it, but uh, they were just riling each other up in the back. And so um, if you're watching us live, that's Foggy Nelson, my dog. He's made a couple of appearances. Uh, none quite that exciting. Um, but yeah, no, dude, he was just in the history of carnival games. No one has ever been as bad at carnival games as Gavin was at these carnival games. They were like four feet at most. Yeah. And those rings were big enough to hoop two of those things at once. They were the anti-carnival game. Yeah, the 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 guy that's running that ring game, he was like, "This is just sad," and it was. He was, <laughs> it was. terrible. It was so bad. And then you got the you got the scene of him failing at the carnival games, and then the other guys they're not even looking as they're shooting ducks down <laughs> on the run in the back. They, they're not they even trying. And you still just see rubber ducks falling. Yeah. Bing, bing. Yeah, like I did feel like these other these other two guys have got established girlfriends that that are just already down to clown, right? Mm -hmm. And and he's trying to impress a girl who didn't even know an hour before that this is what she was doing with her night and is yeah. obviously not super comfortable with it and all he wanted was to get her a stuffed animal and my 4-year 6-year-old, wow, I just called my 4-year-old. My 6-year-old Better at carnival games than this kid. He was bad. <laughs> he was terrible. Bad. So, um, so you know, we're, we've looked at the setting and and we we've talked all about the haunted house, but now I want to talk about. We keep referencing Natalie and and Gavin and 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 these kids that are traveling together. So, in a section, we're calling children of all ages, fifteen and up. I did read the <laughs> sign at the beginning. I mean, I want to talk about the cast of this movie because there's honestly. Not that many people to talk about, right? I mean, the cast of this movie is tighter than the straps that hold you to a guillotine. There's not a lot of room for error as this group of teens try to survive Hellfest. So, I mean, who stands out for you? Who did you enjoy? Is there anybody in this group that you would be friends with in real life? Uh, you know, for the little bit of time that we got Gavin, I thought he was a pretty cool dude. Even right. He's terrible at carnival games. He's definitely the kind of guy you take around to do stuff with that you're you know, easily better than him. Than you, <laughs> you just keep him around to make him look better. I mean, he's like, he's like the he's like the dude equivalent of the people who say that girls always hang out with people that are less attractive than so they look better. Yeah. Like the, yeah. the, the dude equivalent of that is like, I hang out with this really unathletic guy. So everything I do looks cool. <laughs> yeah. He looks way better than me, but he's very unathletic. So I look a lot cooler. <laughs> I love that. Um, Brooke, Brooke was like a, she was a pretty cool chick as far as being like a really good friend to her friend, even though right. she moved in with like some girl that her friend hates, yeah. which is a weird aspect to me. Um, but I did kind of like her, you know, attitude. The uh, I can't even remember her name. Um, uh, oh, are you talking about uh, Taylor? Yeah. Yeah. Taylor. Yes. Yeah. I like Taylor's attitude. She seemed like a really cool chick. Uh, Brooke, 
uh, willing to fight for pictures. I thought she was a really good friend. Yeah. Um, chasing down what we would know as a serial killer. <laughs> uh, right. Just to get some pictures from a kissing booth or a, a photo booth. Sorry, not a it was a kissing booth for them. But speaking uh, of which, where the hell does Natalie get off acting like it's just a, a well-known pose to stick your tongue out and the dude puts his nose on it? Like, yeah, yeah, that, that's not a freaking well-known that, pose. That is that is not a photo booth thing that anyone has ever done ever, let alone documented it as something that a lot of people do. So you should just know what's happening. Yeah, that's just her cheesy way of saying, "Hey, let's make out." Right. I guess. <laughs> um. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I really enjoyed this cast. Uh, I really think that everybody played exactly who they needed to be and honestly as a whole this is a group that i would hang out with you've got natalie who's obviously just really into school and she says she's Mm -hmm. been overworked and and she's been it's all the school stuff she's got she's doing all that but she's still she's still down because this is her best friend and she's gonna go and they're gonna have fun yeah brooke fiercely loyal very protective you know she's Never doubts, never doubts what Natalie says. I mean, she's ready to fist fight the security guard for claiming mm-hmm. that nothing actually happened. Taylor, yeah, in small doses, right? Like Taylor, yeah, yeah. Taylor, <laughs> Taylor's the Taylor's the girl that that when you go out with your friends, you're not upset to find out that she's coming, but also if she's not there, nobody's going out of their way to call Taylor, right? Yeah. It's you know she's. She she brought some spunk to it. The actress who played Taylor, uh, her name is Bex Taylor Klaus. Mm-hmm. I was trying to place where I'd seen her before, and it was driving me crazy. My first thought was that she was a Negasonic teenage warhead from Deadpool. Went and looked it up. It's not that. What she is is she has a role in one of the worst movies I've seen in recent memory uh, because my daughter really wanted to watch it, and it was great for her. So um, I'm glad that she enjoyed it. There's this movie called Dumplin' uh, that's about this girl who Jennifer Aniston is her mom, and she was a pageant queen, and the girl's real big, and she decides to enter the pageants just to stick it to her mom. And uh, Bex Taylor Krause plays like the the alternative like goth metal chick who also does it to join the revolution um it was nice to see her in a role that wasn't ridiculously stupid uh it was never even heard of dumpling oh dude it's not good okay so you know how you know how it's uh you know how it's bad when somebody not from the south does a southern accent in a movie Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. terrible right even if they're like kind of good at it you're still like no not quite that is worse when somebody tries to do a specifically Texas Southern accent, which if you're not from the South, you might just consider all Southern accents the same. Nick and I are from the South. We hear the differences. And the the Texas accent is even weirder because it's like cowboy Southern, right? <laughs> Jennifer Aniston, for all of the amazing and wonderful things that she has done in her career, a Southern accent in the movie Dumplin' might be the absolute worst thing she's ever done it was so fucking bad was i mean it, was it scarier than this movie <laughs> it might have been it might have been it was it was absolutely horrible so um but yeah so to see her um uh, so to see bex taylor kraus are um as um as taylor um or as yeah bex taylor kraus i kept, kept forgetting since taylor's in both names um oh, yeah. i did i did enjoy her i thought the guys were fun you could tell that they were good friends they were all looking out for each other 
Um, you know, and even though there were the there were the real, you know, like the real overtly sexual references and stuff like that, it was never anything that was cartoonish like Stifler and American Pie, right? I mean, that's that's all that that's all the way that we that we've talked with our friends before, especially if you're there with your girlfriend and you're ragging on your buddy because he wants to get with this girl he's with. I've I've humped the air at you when you've been talking to girls at the bar before, <laughs> right? Like that's, <laughs> that's just, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, this is, it, it all felt very natural down to the fact that some of those conversations between Natalie and Gavin were so painfully awkward. Oh yeah. That it felt real when you're just kind of forced into this situation and you do like the other person. So you don't know how to approach it there was a real genuine feel to their conversations, to the way that they engaged. And I enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, but outside of those base six and I mean, the killer, I, I, I looked on the Wikipedia and he's just referred to as the other. Yeah. Everything talk, everything we're talking about this guy, we're going to talk about in the next segment. There is a cameo in this movie that honestly was worth, a whole whatever metric we go with at the end. And that was the goddamn Candyman was the Barker at the, the sacrifice to open up the gates of hell. Tony, Tony Todd, Todd came <laughs> through to do this movie. Now, Tony Todd, not the most storied career ever. I'm yep. sure that Tony Todd is not the most expensive actor in the world to get. But this movie only had a budget of three and a half million dollars. And I've got to assume that half of that was spent to just build this damn park to film yeah. the movie. in. And so when you're looking at everything involved, there had to have been a decent payout to get Tony Todd to come do this. And if there wasn't, then shout out to Tony Todd for doing this, because it was just so cool to see him, man. And again, something new while still being oddly familiar. It wasn't over the, they didn't put a hook on his hand. They didn't put him in the fur coat. They made him a completely new character, but we all know that's Candyman. Yeah. And it was just, it was such a great moment to hear that voice. Like as soon, I, I looked at him out, wait a minute, is that? And then as soon as he grabbed that microphone, I said, oh, hell yeah, that's Tony Todd. Short, short cameo. But for they got every penny's worth that they spent to have Tony Todd out of that. Oh, yeah. And so I just I loved it. I loved seeing him in there. I I thought that it it added a little bit of a little bit of credence to this movie that, like I said, I don't even know if this thing got mainstream theater release in 2018. Yeah, I uh I saw his name in the credits at the beginning. And I was like, oh crap, Tony Todd's in this movie. And then uh and when he came out as the Barker, I was just like, all right, let's go. Yeah, exactly. Like it was just, it was, it was just, it was just such a fun little thing. So, but I mean, honestly, the base six, I think they did their job fine. Yep. I think it felt feel real natural. They felt like good friends. Uh, they, they seemed pretty scared. Um, they, they, the ones that died did a good job of dying. Yeah. You know? I outstanding mean, job of dying. Yeah. Speaking of outstanding job of dying. This is a haunted house movie, yes, but it is a slasher. And so, I mean, it's time for chills, thrills, and kills, right? Let's get to what we came for. When it all comes crashing down, Hellfest is the type of movie that we're in it for the kills. We want the blood. We want the gore. 
I was maybe looking for some boobs. We didn't get them in this one. That's okay. They're not a requirement. <laughs> We've just been known to mention them when they happen. And so, I mean, what's memorable here, man? Let's let's go through the kills because this is definitely a spot in the movie where they had some fun. All right. So you have the kill at the beginning of the movie. They just right off the bat put you in it. Chick runs. She's in a dead end. Dude's whistling. Pop goes the weasel. Constantly. Whenever he started whistling it, I was like, that song sounds so familiar. And then when he (laughs) caught up to the girl and she's like, you scare me or whatever. Uh, is that what you want to hear? And then he's whistling the song. I was like, that's freaking pop goes the weasel. She should know to move. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I've been to, um, a lot of haunted houses, a lot of carnivals, a lot of amusement parks. Pop goes the weasel is never associated with something fun. That's about to happen to. Yeah. Yeah. So you have that, um, that initial kill. And then, uh, there's one thing that she says, um, that makes me think that the killer only kills one person every time he does this. And that's what makes this killing scenario in this movie a little weird. Right. Is that um, she says, you're the one that's been following me all night. Yeah. And then he finishes the pop goes the weasel song, stabs her in the stomach. Boom. Hangs her. Brutal death. Um Hangs her among where there are fake bodies. Yes. So she yeah. looks like a prop. They say later on that it stayed open for days. They didn't notice yeah. that it was a real body until it started to stink. Yeah. Um, which has actually happened at a haunted house before, I believe. Gross. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so this this dude uh, then goes on and, and when, in this new set of people that he's going to kill... You see him at the beginning. He immediately finds somebody to kill. Right. Does not take him long. And it's and it's interesting because the first person he kills is reminiscent, or the first person he kills the second time around, yeah, is is reminiscent of the very first kill because it's somebody. It's it's a girl who gets smart mouth with him, right? Yep. Like you're almost yeah, like, yeah. oh, so this guy's out here just to like pick off pricks. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, get out of get out of my way or whatever, or watch where you're going or whenever she runs into him. Yeah. And uh um so he starts chasing her. I think that that was just going to be his one kill. Right. And then the girl tells her where she's at. It's like get on script. Your girl's underneath the don't look here sign. And then he walks over and pulls her out. That was terrifying. Yes. Cuz you know as the viewer that this isn't part of the haunted house and then you can like see the the cast the the friends that are standing there watching all of them run off except for um natalie, natalie. everybody else takes off and natalie's standing there watching and she kind of looks a little scared but she kind of looks like she doesn't believe it because she's been trying to suspend this or, or she's been trying to create this realization that this is all fake. So right. I'm not going to let anything scare me. So she's kind of like, this looks real, but it's probably part of the show, whatever. And he holds up the knife and she says, would you just do it already? Yeah. And then he stabs the girl. And then when he stabs her, she's like, okay, that may have been real. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you watch movies with the subtitles on, 
Uh, but I always try to watch these with the subtitles on just in case there's stuff uh, and I can't hear something. Mm-hmm. Um, I've come to hate the word squelching, which I, I, didn't, <laughs> even, I didn't even really know was a word um, until I have started watching horror movies with the with the subtitles on it. Every time somebody gets stabbed in these horror movies, it always says flesh squelching, which is <laughs> I don't even know if that's uh, that's onomatopoeia, but I can hear it. And yeah, it's yeah. gross. It is yeah. such a nasty word. Like. <laughs> <laughs> like it's and it and it's every time and he stabs her flesh squelching. I was like, oh, now it's worse. Yep. And then okay, so this killer dude, the other, whatever you want to call him, family man, family guy, um, <laughs> dad of the year, <laughs> apparently. Uh, <laughs> he goes on to kill Gavin, which um, after he meets Natalie and she just like watches him kill this chick. I think he develops something for her maybe. And then, you know, he's, he takes the pictures. So he sees on the pictures that they've been making out Gavin and the, so he follows Gavin and then gives Gavin a freaking throat hit that just silences him for life. Like I felt bad that, that felt legit to me when he hit him in the throat and the way he was like breathing and like, yeah, but Gavin, why did you crawl right over to the little bell game <laughs> to test your strength? Put your freaking head on it. Just served himself up like dinner. Also, for this dude being like a regular family guy, he's got some superhuman strength because he, he swung, swung the shit out of that mallet. Yeah. And he, Gavin's head popped like a grape, like it, it was wasn't soup. even there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting that you say you think he developed something for Natalie because I got a different feel for it. So as you watch these kills, and like I said, the the very first girl and the second girl are are just exactly the same, right? Mm-hmm. They're a random girl that's in this that's that's not scared. And as you when you look into when you look into serial killer motives. Um, in real life, there's there's lots of reasons why these people kill and and all of them have different things. Some of them are after, you know, some of them think they're on a mission from God. And but there are certain serial killers who legitimately just get off on making the people that they're about to kill afraid. BTK. Mm-hmm. BTK was a killer who tortured people because it was their fear that that he loved and i think that what happened was while there is a strong possibility that he could have killed this one girl and just got out of there i think that when natalie watched it happen and wasn't scared i think that pissed him off i think the idea of of this type of thing not scaring people and that there are people out there who think that they're in such a position in life that they don't have to be scared of anything. He almost becomes like a, like a missionary killer. Um, but his goal is to just make sure that everybody is scared. Yeah. So that's what it was. I couldn't put my head around. I didn't think he developed anything sexual for Natalie. Okay. Just some yeah. sort of obsession. Yes. And that's what it, what you just said there. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. So she watches him kill this girl yeah. and smart mouth, just do it, you know, whatever, just mm-hmm. you're taking your job too seriously. Then all of her friends then amplify that, I don't know, machismo 
right? And in not being afraid of him whenever he's staring him down and he's doing all of these, what are genuinely scary things? And, and, and he's, so he starts following them. And another thing about getting all, getting to her friends first, as you're watching your friends get picked off and slowly disappear, that is going to amplify the fear that you get out of this girl when you do finally get around to killing her. So it does seem that, I don't know, not necessarily a process killer because it wasn't, you know, he was quick and to the point with mm-hmm. it, but he wanted people to be afraid. And you see, like I said, this is a guy driving a minivan with the stickers on the back. This guy is middle, middle class. And so maybe the idea that there are just people in this world who think they're above fear just pisses him off. And so what's great about this movie and the lack of exposition that we got about the other, about the killer, is we can have this conversation and we don't know if either one of us is right. Because he then did have some fun killing these people. I love that this guy knew he had to go through a metal detector to get into Hellfest. And so he just used whatever was at his disposal to kill these people. Mm -hmm. The first girl gets stabbed with a knife that he took from the snow cone guy. Why the (laughs) snow cone guy had such a brutal knife to break apart some ice. The world may never know, but he just, just expertly swipes it off the table and now he's armed. He gets Gavin with the mallet on the test of strength game. Mm -hmm. Hilarious and fantastic kill. Yes, it was so stupid that he put his head there. And yes, we all saw it was coming. <laughs> Does that take away from the fact that that was funny and creative? Hell no. No, it was awesome. That was a great I'm, I am just saying that Gavin is so bad at everything <laughs> that he crawled over to the Tester Street game. <laughs> <laughs> and so I and I do love that he tried to he tried to stay really creative with it. Um it's was it it's Asher, I believe, is the one who catches the needle in the eye. Oh, yes. When he gets that when he gets separated from Quinn. That Golly. one they gave that the close-up treatment. Like that was the that was the end of audition treatment on on what a needle can look like going into an eye. Again, had to be a solid part of their budget to uh because the special effects for that scene were spectacular. I don't understand why he wanted to kill Asher to begin with. He didn't need to. I can can only assume it's because this whole group of kids, like I said, were showing that they weren't afraid. And if Natalie was Uh, ultimately his goal, she's only going to be more afraid as she continues to get singled out. Yeah, yeah. And so he's just dropping everybody that gets in his way. That needle in the eye, though, man. Mm. Mm. That was, yeah, that was the one that that did make my skin crawl a little bit. It was because they... It was it was beautifully beautifully shot. The super close up, you could tell he was really enjoying it and taking his time. Again, the idea of making sure that he milked every bit of terror out of this victim before he ended his life, because Asher could do nothing but sit there and watch this needle that he knew was about to kill him, and he's just drinking it all in. Man, it was. Yeah. I, I thought that was really good. The what we thought was going to be Taylor's death. Um, but ends up not being the the idea of using the prop guillotine and then oh, finding yeah. out that the blade is really dull. That yeah. was a fun gag. Having like to, he was running it back up real <laughs> slow. It's like getting caught, and he's just like he keeps going. And but then it was she just, gets free. It was so good because they put 
they put so much time and effort into making us think that yeah, when yeah. they pretend beheaded her, that it was really going to happen. Oh, yeah. So then you get that moment of release, and then the curtain goes, and you realize, oh, no, now he's going to really behead her. And then you just get this funny moment of him feeling the blade yep. and seeing how dull it is and seeing how little it, it, I mean, it just scratched the back of her neck. Yeah. Like it barely did anything. And so what was even better about that was that one amped the theatrics of the kills way up just to completely pull the rug out, rug out from under you. Then he kills the next two people just by slashing them real quickly. Yep. Bah, bah, stab. In front of everybody. Yeah. And that's and that's when the park goes crazy. And then the one guy's like, you hear a voice say, "That's real." And then, <laughs> or that was real, or whatever. And then you know everybody starts running. They, and then please and then tackle the wrong dude. The one announcement that kept playing on a loop, which is oh like, yeah, due to difficulties, the park is now closed. Please proceed to the closest exit. And it's just, it's just like yeah. playing on a loop while they're running for their lives. <laughs> And so, I mean, they they definitely had some fun with the kills. He gets, like, the real act. Again, I don't know, you know, sure, it, it, it looks better. It's probably it's probably easier to get a real axe and put it in this body than it is to get a fake axe that looks real. Yeah. But, yeah, you've just armed this guy with the real axe. Again, some great gags that you thought were going to lead to kills. When they're in the room where they're all wearing the white faces. Oh, yeah. And because they couldn't figure out how to get out. So they wait for him to show him the exit and try to bum rush him. Uh, I mean, you, you you get some. There was some creativity here. There was some fun here. You can tell that the, the people who created these sets and came up with the ideas for these kills had been to a haunted house or two. So that's one thing that makes me wonder about this dude is when they're in the scene with the masks. And the. The one girl is in the mask and the other girl's hiding behind her. And then he walks in, he walks straight to that exit that's mm -hmm. hidden. So when I saw that, I was like, has he worked here before? Does he just follow this place? Is he part of the traveling? Well, and, you know, that was the thing. It was like, I guess we're to assume that the, the first kill was just in the last, it was in the Orange County or whatever, wherever they said Hellfest was yeah. previously. And so... Again, if this is a traveling thing, he does seem to have insider knowledge of this place because he knew what type of mask to wear that would that would match. I think they called him the others or the soulless yeah, or something yeah. like that. He knew the mask to wear that was going to make him not stand out. So, mm -hmm. yeah, he definitely seemed to have insider knowledge of how these different mazes worked. Yeah. Um, so him walking straight to that door though and opening it up i was like wait there's a secret door in here <laughs> they could have found the secret door and got out yeah i mean it's just they I, again you know when you when you look at the setting when you look at the kills here i mean this is a movie where where they they just had a lot of fun with it yeah and um and you know we do end up with our classic final girls scenario um you know the the dudes don't make it uh, yeah, they, no. you know, they, the two, two dramatic deaths and one just shocking middle of everyone death, but the, the guys don't make it. The one girl who was the one who was so knowledge about knowledgeable about everything. These are my people is what Taylor kept saying. And she was yeah. so in love with all of it. She's not the one who makes it, you know, just like Jamie Kennedy didn't make it through all the screen movies, right? Just having all mm -hmm. the knowledge didn't work out for him, but who does your final girl. And so again, reminiscent of so many things we've seen before 
but without being ridiculous about it. It, it was she was never Mary sued. She was never given any sort of superhuman strength. Anytime she got the jump on the guy, it was a legitimate moment where it would make sense that she could have overpowered him in that moment. Yeah, we we do get a pretty powerful killer. I mean, she stabbed him and he managed to get away and then drive home. So, I mean, like he was just fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like hugged his daughter. Like, did you change your shirt, bro? Yeah. Like you you should be covered in a lot of blood. Yeah. Um, and so uh I just I think that I think that when we what we what we got out of kills here was we got some creativity and we got kills that really just elevated what we saw through the whole movie, and that was that it was just fun. Yeah, I think they gave you enough in that movie that they 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 left it open-ended yeah um where they could potentially do more but then they also they ended it the right way for me to be like all right well that was good enough yeah exactly i don't i don't need another one um i I would like to see another one you know i i think (laughs) i think it's a great concept right i think that i think that there's an idea for a movie here where you know broken and ashamed hellfest goes under and then somebody who just loves it buys it up and then starts hyping the aspect of the fact that people have really been killed in this. And that's mm-hmm. how scary it is. And so there, there is, there is a, like a kind of nebulous idea for a Hellfest two there, where even if it's not the same guy, if, if, if the same killer, I mean, you don't have to go the exact same route, but you can take the same setting. You can add a new element to it. And uh, and then you can there there is a potential sequel here that could be equally fun. Yeah. Yeah. So as we talk about how fun this movie is and we've kind of been through it all, I mean, some great kills, some great characters, a wonderful setting. It's time that we rate this thing. Right. So we always like to remind everybody that when we rate a movie, we're only rating it against itself. We are only looking at Hellfest here. We are not comparing this to other slashers, other movies about haunted houses, any other movie. We're just looking at Hellfest and how it stands on its own merits. And so whenever we rate a movie, we like to create a unique rating system that we give to each movie. So Nick, when I sent you the, uh, the show notes, you are the guest. So you can pick one of mine. You can give me your own. What are we going to rate Hellfest out of today? Oh, man. Um, I was thinking dull guillotine blades. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Dull guillotine blades. It is so Nick out of a possible five dull guillotine blades. What do you give Hellfest, man? Um, I'm going to say four and a half. Wow. Okay. Just cause it was, it was, kind of what i expected it to be when i found out it was going to be a haunted house movie whatever and but they did just such a good job of making me feel like i was going through a haunted house with all the cheesy scares and awesome decorations and then um they introduced terror in the right way at some points uh with uh you you're the guy that's been following me all night stabs her um having the girl come out she tells him where uh the girl's at kills the girl right in front of uh natalie uh and then he starts following her uh just the the some of the the uh, special effects on the kills with the head popping the needle in the eye 
uh, the guillotine coming down and just sticking. <laughs> um, I, I I had a lot of fun watching it and had a couple of moments where I was actually like terrified for the people who were on the show. So I, I got to give it a four and a half. I am I am not going to go that high, um, but I'm I'm going to go decent on it because like the the word that I that I keep coming back to the word I've said a hundred times on on this episode this movie was fun it was it was it was mindless slasher fun it was never with the exception of the eyeball getting stabbed which was <laughs> gruesome but it still wasn't gory that was just that was one that just really gets at you but with the exception of that this movie was was never that gory like there there wasn't yeah. buckets of blood there there weren't entrails everywhere all of the kills felt realistic maybe with the exception of Gavin's head getting popped right that was he he did smash the shit out of that guy's head in one in one smack um but i'm going to go i'm going to go four i'm going to go four dull guillotine blades because i just had a lot of fun watching this and um i said earlier on i'm not going to go back and watch it again anytime soon but I can definitely see this being one that I'm going to throw into the October rotation. And this is one that's, that's easy to put on at a party. And mm -hmm. I think that, and I think that one of the reasons I love doing this podcast and I love doing it with you and Dave and hunger and, and, and all of these people that, that come on and ish and Andy, all these people who come to the show with us is the fact that all of us can appreciate um, a movie that is cerebral and just screws with you like hereditary or smile, but we can also just sit back and sometimes remember what got us into this genre, which is just mindless violence and fun. Yeah. And this movie brought that back. This movie never gave us a motive for the killer. We can sit here and debate about it all day. Mm -hmm. It never gave us a face for the killer. It didn't, it didn't spend a lot of time teaching us about these, these characters and making us care if they died, which in some movies that's very important. In this movie, it wasn't. In this movie, we cared that they died because they were friends and we, did, we didn't want to see the, their, their friends killed. And that was all it took. Yeah. And so I think that too often we forget that we get it, that, that people, people forget. I don't think we forget. I think that people forget they get so up their own asses about elevating the genre and, and everything has to become cinema that they forget that sometimes you just want to throw on a scary movie when you're drinking beers because it's late and everybody's just having fun. Sometimes you want to throw on a scary movie because you're trying to get laid. And if, <laughs> if you're watching a movie where somebody's guts are being pulled out and it, and it starts turning your stomach, that doesn't set the mood. But if you want to activate that lizard brain and you're just, <laughs> You're you're trying you're trying to you're just trying to get everybody in the mood. This is the right type of scary. This is scary fun, and so I, I'm like I said, it's worth a whole dull guillotine blade to have a Tony Todd cameo in there for me. Um, oh yeah. So I like I said, I, I'm not I'm not going to go quite four and a half, but I'll sit solidly at four dull guillotine blades on this one. I, I got I'm giving it the extra half because. They you never find out who the slasher is. You don't. I do really like that, and uh, and I don't think we ever will. Nope. And I he's just an everyday guy. Yeah. And also, 
Tony Todd. And then uh, it, it gets that extra half for me because it was just a good movie. I yeah. was I was so happy to not be let down <laughs> when I watched it because there's so many ways you can go wrong. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. There, there, there were a lot of opportunities for this movie to go horribly wrong. And they, uh, and I mean, I, I think they killed it. I think they did a good job. So, you know, the, the simple math on that is four and a quarter. We don't do quarters. So we'll round it up. So the official shipper rating <laughs> on Hellfest is four and a half dull guillotine blades. So, I mean, that's a strong recommend coming from us. This is one to throw on with your friends. This isn't one when you're when you're you're looking for something to legitimately scare you and keep you up at night. We've done plenty of episodes on those movies. Go back 2 weeks and watch our smile episode. Let us let us explain to you how that one kept us up as people who watch horror movies all the time. A uh, friend of the show Hunger texted me while he was watching it. He legitimately didn't even finish it in the same day. He turned off Smile halfway through and had to go back to it. Great. That's the type of movie for that. My this skin's is, crawling just thinking about that. Yeah. This is the type of movie to just go and have fun with. And we've got to remember that as fans of the genre. So, four and a half dog guillotine blades. Nick, thank you so much for joining me tonight. I really appreciate you coming on and doing this. You got anything going on you want to tell the people about? Nope, not right now. Nope, no, no, no games in development or anything? Uh, yeah, I'm still trying to learn, so. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, um... If you've enjoyed Nick, you can go back. You can catch him on some previous episodes. Nick did our Child's Play episode during Summer Fan Fest last year. He was on the platform uh, before that. So if you've enjoyed Nick as a guest, make sure you hit up anywhere where you can find your podcast. And you can find us, um, Shiver. if you look up Shiver, a horror movie podcast, you will find us. We've got quite a backlog. We have got tons of episodes. We've had on a bunch of great guests. We are very, very quickly approaching our 100th episode. And uh, I'll be honest with you guys, we don't have any plans for it yet, but we're going to be there before the end of the year. And so if you have any ideas of what we could do for our 100th episode, if you've got a movie you think we should watch, hell, if you've got a good microphone, a pair of, a pair of headphones, and you want to be a guest on the show, make sure you head to shiverpod.com where you can find links to all of our social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. We are all of those things at shiverpod. So you can make sure to follow us there try to release some funny memes, keep you up to date on what movies we've got going on. Our April calendar is kind of fluctuating right now. We've got some ideas that we've been kicking around. Um, so we're going to get to them. We did get one message wondering if we were going to do April Fool's Day um, for an episode at the beginning of April. And I will throw it out there. We're hoping that we go long enough that April Fool's Day actually happens on a Wednesday and we can get around to that classic when we're actually recording on April Fool's Day. So if you send us that message and I forgot to reply, which is a possibility, hopefully you're listening now and I'm letting you know it will happen in the future because we plan to do this for a long time. So head to shiverpod.com. Check us out on all the social media at shiverpod. You can see right here, I'm at Punk Phoenix. If you want to see funny memes, pictures of my kids and dog, feel free to follow me there. We've had some great interactions lately. Um, so make sure you keep up with us on all of those. I know I've been kind of hyping it since January. There's been a holdup with the art, but hopefully in the very near future, we're going to have a merch drop and you can wear a t-shirt with a very special version of Dave and I's faces on it. So to everyone who is listening, we appreciate you all. Drop us a like, drop us a review, five stars. We'd love to hear it. We love to hear from all of you on all of our social media. I try to respond to everything we get. Hope you have a wonderful night. Enjoy Hellfest if you watch it and fright you very much.